The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank you all for listening with us today. I'm very glad that you have joined us. And I want to thank you also for liking the Spirit of Recovery Facebook page. And thank you for putting your comments on, on there. And thank you also for your emails and letting me know what's happening for you in your spirituality and recovery walk. And also, thanks for getting the word out about Spirit of Recovery and letting your friends and the people in your recovery community, the people in your Unity community, your other spiritual communities, know about us here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. And uh, it's great to have the opportunity to do this broadcast to bring you new ideas and, and interesting ideas that are important to the recovery community. And it's great to know that what we're doing here on Spirit of Recovery is making a difference for you, that the guests that I'm bringing are touching your heart and your life and opening up new ideas, new vistas for you. And I'm grateful because higher power truly opens up channels and brings these guests, so I'm really grateful for that. Every week we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community with guests who are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative, people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people, and we're always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You can listen to the Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can, of course, listen live via your computer, via your smart device. You can also listen live by going to Stitcher.com and download their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. And also, you can, if you have an Alexa-enabled device, you can do that. You simply go to Alexa and ask Alexa to play Unity Online Radio on TuneIn, and you can listen that way. Also, we've got lots of great um, podcasts up on our website, so you can go there and listen at any time, listen on demand at your leisure. Just go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash spirit of recovery and you will find amazing podcasts there. I want you to know that the Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, and so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you're the family member or friend of somebody that's got the disease of addiction, um, whoever you are, maybe you're just curious about addiction and recovery, you're welcome here. And we're really glad that um, you're here, that you've joined us today. Also, really uh, note that family members and friends also have a recovery process. They're recovery communities and recovery resources for family members and friends. So family members and friends can also be in recovery. And whoever you are, again, we're glad you're here, glad you're listening. And uh, you're welcome to call in or email in a comment or question for my guest on our topic of the day. I want you to know also that if you would like to financially support Unity Online Radio, which is a nonprofit endeavor, you can do that. And that helps to support Spirit of Recovery and the other great programs that are on this online radio station. You can make a one-time or an, a recurring financial gift by texting 72727 from your smartphone to Unity Radio. 
And uh, you can, again, if you want to add your financial contribution to this online radio nonprofit station. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and also an addictions counselor, and I'm a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And uh, 35 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development, and ever since then... My walk has been an integration of unity and recovery principles, and that keeps transforming my life, keeps me growing in deeper ways. And uh, I am grateful, very grateful, very delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and recovery walk. Well, today I have another very interesting program for you and a guest who has lots of uh, knowledge, who has lots of experience, and who's going to share with us today about the yoga of recovery, um, Y12SR, or Yoga 12-Step Recovery. You know, yoga is an ancient spiritual practice, and it integrates body, mind, and spirit. And uh, it is a, a practice that does support deep healing. And when a person is in recovery and wants to uh, work with recovery process and yoga together, it can really open up some uh, wonderful deep healing for you. Uh, yoga of 12-step recovery was developed, and this is a quote, um, to heal the issues that live in the tissues. And uh, my guest today is Gloria Uridel, and Gloria is a registered yoga teacher with the Yoga Alliance, and she's also a certified Y12SR yoga instructor. And Gloria is also a person in long-term recovery. She's been teaching yoga since 2000. And she has, um, as we said, she also is a trained and certified uh, facilitator of Y12SR yoga. And she happens to be uh, leading a group here at the church where I minister at Unity of Austin. And she leads that Y12SR group once a month here on Saturday mornings at our church. And um, her classes are dynamic, fun, and healing. And uh, in all of her yoga classes, including the Y12SR class, she encourages students to connect with their inner source and seeing that as their greatest teacher. You can learn more about Gloria's work if you go to HealingArtsStudios.com. It's spelled just the way it sounds, HealingArtsStudios.com. And um, so today... uh, Gloria is going to be sharing with us why yoga is a part of her own personal recovery journey and how the Y12SR group that she leads enhances those who participate. So, Gloria, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Thank you, Reverend Anda, and I'm so glad to be here today. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for saying yes, and uh, thank you, too, truly, for uh, leading the Y12SR group here at our church in Austin. And, gosh, it's been Oh, way over a year now. I don't even remember when you first uh, brought up the idea of uh, having that group here. And uh, we're really grateful. We're really blessed that you do that here. Yeah, so, I'm, so I'm grateful also to have the opportunity to, to share there at, at your church. I appreciate that. You bet. Yeah, we're, we're really glad that you're here. And um, tell us, you're a person in long-term recovery, and you're also a yoga teacher. So. Which came first for you, recovery or yoga? Well, I um, I got clean and sober in 1987, so uh, I that came first for me. I I was not really uh, a healthy individual, like you know a lot of us that are uh, in the disease of addiction. Um, so I wasn't really doing any kind of uh, physical activity, and yoga wasn't quite as popular then as it is now. So I got uh, I got sober in uh, 1987, and then I uh, started doing yoga in the early, uh, well, early 1990s. Um, the first class I took, I, I went with a girl that was in one of my therapy groups, and um, it was an Iyengar class, which is a very alignment-based class and I didn't really enjoy it <laughs> and I didn't really go back for for quite a while um, to do yoga but that was my first experience um, it just wasn't my thing you know my style or what I could uh, resonate with 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that was um, that was my first experience, and then um, you know I was involved in twelve step groups and doing therapy, and uh, you know just learning more about myself and working through my issues. And uh, I I came across a, a person. I I do um, video production work is my other job, so to speak, and. We were doing a shoot at a place here in Austin uh, called La Zona Rosa. And I was on a break, and uh, this guy came up to me and asked me if I wanted to go to a yoga party. And, you know, at first I thought, well, a yoga party, what are we going to do? Like sit around with our legs crossed and, you know, our hands on our knees. And (laughs) I had no idea, you know, like, well, what's a yoga party? But, um, so I, you know, I was uh, I was single at the time, and he invited me, and so I I went, and uh, there I met my first yoga teacher, and um, he every year I think he would uh, have a party for his yoga students, and that was my introduction to him, and then I just started hanging out and doing yoga with him because I don't know people were. You know, they were on a spiritual path. The party, it wasn't, they weren't drinking or smoking or doing drugs, to my knowledge. It was a pretty clean party, and they had music, and it was just a lot of fun. And so that kind of, that kind of started me on my, my yoga path, um, so to speak. But that was, like, I think it was, like, the early 1990s, probably around 92 or so, 93. hmm Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what kept? So it sounds like that a, a couple things I'm hearing in there that you you got had the opportunity uh, to be around people that were really enjoying themselves and having a good time without using, you know, right. without, and and that's always a big plus and a really important part of recovery because it's got to be you got to have life, you got to have fun. And, yeah. 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 Well, so you, I. Um, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that was uh, that was part of my uh, attraction to them was that there weren't any drugs because I didn't, you know, I didn't know when he invited me what it was going to be like, you know. I mean, um, and and I've been, you know, clean for quite a while or, you know, like, I don't know, maybe, let's see, about seven years or so. But, um, but I was kind of looking for a community to hang out with that didn't do drugs or drink. Um, and, you know, the, the 12-step fellowship, you know, I got that there at, at meetings, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't fun per se, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to go out and do something fun or, you know. Um, so that was really uh, an attraction to me. It was like, wow, I found this tribe where people aren't, aren't using and they're able to enjoy themselves, you know. So that was that was really kind of a strong um, draw for me to to you know participate and and be in that community. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It it really is important to have a a peer community like that where you can enjoy it and and um and feel like that your sobriety or in the case of family members. Um, your sanity and your serenity right. are are yeah. being supported, and yeah, and and people aren't trying to sort of you're not you're not being drug off into other directions that you don't really not really interested in anymore for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, like, so at that point, um, and and probably why 12 SR. I don't know when it was started, but probably not not that far back i don't i don't remember but anyway but you kept going back to yoga and 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 again living your recovery program and you're going to yoga so what kept you going back um to participate in yoga beyond the social part but obviously you were you know learning you were going to yoga classes i'm assuming and and learning all that so why did you keep going back to yoga to the practice of yoga what'd you get out of it yeah, well, um, you know, there's a whole philosophy behind yoga. A lot of people just associate yoga with a physical practice, but, you know, there's a whole philosophy behind yoga, and there, there's actually a thing called the eight-limb uh, eight path of yoga. And, you know, asana, which is the postures, is the third, is actually the third limb. So the first 
the first limbs are the yamas and niyamas, which are basically ethical standards and sense of uh, integrity, focusing on your behavior and how you conduct yourself in life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things like nonviolence, truthfulness, non-stealing, um, uh, contentment, cleanliness, uh, and then uh, surrender to God is one of the niyamas. Um, and I found that in the in the yoga practice, um, the teacher that I was studying under, you know, he incorporated a lot of that into the practice. So I was getting, I felt like I was getting fed spiritually um, while I was also healing my body and, you know, building myself up physically. Um, so I felt like I was getting fed on many different levels. And so it just kept kept me coming back because it made me feel so good on a physical level and in my emotional body and, you know, I was learning things. So my mental um, body, I guess you could call it, was getting stimulated or, you know, uh, interested. And so it was a combination of all those things, the community, um and it just seemed to it just seemed to fit. I mean, there's a lot of uh, similarities in in yoga and the twelve steps, like you know, surrender to God, and in in um, you know, turning your will and your life over to your higher power. Um, and you know, in in the in the twelve steps where you're uh, you know doing a personal inventory, and in yoga we talk about you know, becoming a, a a witness to your thoughts and your your internal state um, without judgment or, you know, criticism, but just being a witness so that you can start observing the thought patterns. And, you know, when you start going down a negative path, it's like, you know, if you're, um, you know, some of the things about addiction that, uh, that I've had to work through is if, you know, I have some what they call thinking thinking where I get a thought in my head about maybe something negative about myself and then it just snowballs, you know. It's just like mm-hmm. it goes on and on and on and on. And, you know, um, I think yoga gives you the opportunity to step back and take a breath and slow down and observe, you know, like I said, the witness consciousness, observe, well, this is a thought, but this isn't really who I am deep down inside, you know. And mm-hmm. I think the the yoga practice um, helped me develop that. Uh, you know, meditation is a big part of, of yoga practice and uh, pranayama, which is breath control. Um, so, you, you, you know, the four, the, so there you got the yamas, the niyamas, asanas, the third step, those are physical postures, pranayamas, breath control. Uh, pratyahara is, um, withdrawal of the senses so you know if you're dealing with cravings or you know you become like aware of like well do I really need that extra piece of cake or is it just something inside of me some emotion I'm trying to eat away or or drink away or you know you just become Mm -hmm. more aware with practice you know you don't it's not like all of a sudden you're you're cured and like I don't have this anymore you know just like if you're in a 12-step program, you work the steps over and over and over and over. You know, it's a day at a time, maybe sometimes a minute at a time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the sixth uh, limb is dharana, which is concentration. And the seventh limb is dhyana, which is um, meditation. And then samadhi is a state of ecstasy, is what they call it, or, you know, a deep connection with, um, the divine where you feel connected to all living things. And, and you know, that can come in your meditation practice or maybe even while you're on your mat or maybe, you know, if you start reaching for it and craving it. Like I've had a, a student, she was talking about her meditation, and she was like, I've had some really blissful experiences in meditation, and then sometimes when I sit down, I'm I'm expecting that to happen again. And, you know, <laughs> and then I get I get disappointed and then, you know, it's like this cycle, and she recognizes it, though. You know, it's not like she's, like, beating herself up about it or anything like that. And I think that's the beauty of um, 
you know, the, the practice of yoga and meditation is, you know, it's not like you don't have negative thoughts or you don't make, you know, sometimes you make the wrong decision for yourself. But I think for me personally, it's like I can, I can catch myself quicker or I can deal with it in a more um, productive way um, instead of, you know, using drugs or alcohol to beat myself up or to take away the feelings or, you know, things that I used to do to, to cope um, with life, you know. Right. Yeah, it sounds, you know, like a really wonderful uh, path of that really, of course, enhances recovery and really supports recovery. I mean, all the things you're saying, it's like that really wonderful kind of healthy detachment from, from you know, rushing out in the minute and doing what you think is going to make you feel better right now or relieving some kind of pain. It, it sounds like it really does build a lot of stamina and strength in, in the greatest kind of way. But, yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, and, and like I said, it's a practice. It's not like... You know, some days you're going to get on your mat and maybe you feel crappy and, you know, it doesn't it doesn't feel like it did the ne- the time before that. But if you have that attachment, then you're not really in the flow of life. You know, you're just you're grasping for the past or reaching for the future and you're not really present. And that's the whole idea is to be present. So what what is the reality right now? And can you be OK with that? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like from really, I, I'm guessing from when you really even started practicing yoga, um, that you were feeling and seeing the direct benefits to you in your recovery. That yeah, you really saw I, uh, how it was doing that. Yeah, it it really helped me a lot. Um, you know, I, uh, I was pretty broken when I got into recovery, I mean, on a physical level and, you know, spiritual level and emotional level, every single level, I mean, I hit a pretty rock bottom and, um, I, I really feel like it, it helped enhance, um, my recovery quite a bit. I just felt like I was, you know, more grounded and not, not that, you know, I didn't have things to work through or anything like that. It wasn't like my life was like, quote-unquote perfect I mean it was perfect in the moment you know like like mm-hmm. they say but um but I I really um I don't know if I would feel as as I don't want to use the word good but I don't I don't know there's something about it that just it just hit for me you know it just uh, was the right thing for me I knew it was helping me and once I got started doing it I I you know I started like just taking a class a week and then I was doing like two classes a week and then I was doing like almost every other day and then you know like every day and you know like it's it's like when I was using um I was hooked on methamphetamine for a while and uh it's like the same thing, you know, I started like, well, just once a week and then, well, twice a week and then like every three days, you know, like, I mean, it was like the same mm-hmm. kind of thing, but it was a healthy kind of addiction, you know, it was like I was turning that energy that I used to to get speed or to find alcohol or to, you know, destroy myself and I was turning it around and, um, you know, using the energy uh, to build myself up and create something positive, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and then once I was, you know, I was practicing for a couple of years, and I started out like just teaching friends, you know, that were interested, and we just kind of goof around, you know. It was kind of like I don't know, like play, you know, <laughs> like I don't know just doing yoga postures for the fun of it and just seeing how you feel and if you can do this or that. And then, you know, I just got more serious about it and um, eventually did my first teacher training in 2000 um, with a guy named Doug Swenson. um, And he was just wonderful. My husband went with me and we, he did the training in Lake Tahoe and he was a rock foodist. Um, so he rented a house and then everyone stayed in the house together and we practiced together and we studied together and we had meals together and, 
you know, we meditated together and we went out to the lake and did hiking and it was like such a, such a fun experience and like no drugs, no alcohol, nothing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, this is great, you know. I, it just, I don't know. It's like this is what life is supposed to be like, like fun and, you know, you feel connected and you're you're on your path um, and you have spirit in your life, you know. I mean, I don't know what else could be better. That's right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. It's like being awake to the moment and awake to your life. And certainly, I think as, as we all know, that addiction, in whatever form it may come, um, is really cuts you off from life. That disease yeah. just picks you up and turns you around, spits yeah. you out, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's time for our first break. So we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, I'm going to continue um, my conversation with my guest, Gloria Uridel. We're going to keep talking about the yoga of recovery, Y12SR. And also we'll have a brief moment called the Serenity Minute, a brief moment to connect with our higher power, each of us in our own way. And um, we'll learn some more about uh, this uh, connection between that mind-body healing and an ethical path and uh, recovery. So, uh, again, you can learn more about my guest, Gloria, if you go to the website HealingArtsStudios.com. So it's Healing Arts, A-R-T-S, and then another S, Studio with an S on the end, HealingArtsStudios.com. So stay with us. We'll be right back on Spirit of Recovery. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Kintsugi is an ancient Japanese art form of fusing broken pottery pieces together by filling the cracks with gold. The resulting piece is not only restored and visually stunning, it also takes on a new life. Whatever has happened in the past, however broken we may feel, we can be whole again by filling our lives with the transformative power of God. Our experiences make us unique. The presence of God makes us whole. As Paul wrote in his letter to the Romans, be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Remember, with God, all things are possible. This Mindful Moment is brought to you by Daily Word magazine. Finding time for the positive reminders in Daily Word is easy with the digital edition, perfect for smartphones and readers on the go. Take advantage of our 30-day free trial to the online magazine, plus a daily email with the Word for the Day and the Daily Word app. To sign up for a free 30-day trial, visit unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on a Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thanks for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. 
If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. And if you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus. I'm your host. And my guest today is Gloria Uridel. She is a registered yoga teacher teacher with the Yoga Alliance. And she is a certified Y12SR, which means um, yoga and 12-step recovery yoga instructor. And she's also a person in her own long-term recovery. And today we are talking about the yoga of recovery. And um, she is sharing with us really great information um, about her own experience um, as a yoga practitioner and a yoga teacher and how that supports uh, her spiritual development and her recovery. And she's going to be sharing some more with us today about um, in the classes that she teaches in yoga and in the especially in the yoga 12-step recovery group that she has here at the church that I serve here in Unity of Austin um, about uh, how that works and about how uh, it helps people in their recovery. You can learn more about Gloria and her work if you go to www.healingartsstudios.com. Healing Arts and then another S, studios.com. Before I get back to my uh, conversation with Gloria, I invite you to join me for a brief moment of meditation, the Serenity Minute. So I invite you to relax, to uh, feel that peaceful presence of your higher power, of love, of joy, as you let your body relax from the crown of your head, feeling that relaxation all the way through your body. You can notice your breath as it comes in and goes out. Breathe fully and allow that breath to relax you. And allow your mind to open and your heart to open. And share with me this constructive idea. My body is relaxed. My mind is open. I am present to my life. My body is relaxed. My mind is open. I am present to my life. Let's take a moment in the quiet. friends for joining me in the Serenity Minute and I trust that that was an opportunity for you to relax, to open and to be aware of yourself and of your presence of your higher power as you understand it. I'm back now to my conversation with my guest Gloria Uridel and we're talking about the yoga of recovery. So, uh, Gloria, you really have been sharing some great uh, and really helpful information with us about how a pra- uh, how a mind body spirit practice uh, really supports recovery in every way. And you uh, mentioned that uh, you you had had a pretty rough time with the disease of addiction. That when you got into recovery, um, that it, at the physical level and spiritual level, I guess, and psychological level, that that uh, things were not easy for you. Would you share with us a little bit about um, what happened for you in, in the midst of the disease of addiction and how you got into recovery? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, uh, so, you know, I start, I grew up in a small town in uh, Michigan, and uh I mean, part of it was the the thinking was that, you know, for kids, there wasn't a whole lot to do. And so, you know, I started drinking with my, my friends when, I guess, I don't know, probably got started heavily, heavily getting into it when I was like around 16. Um, my father died of uh, cancer at, when I was that age, and um, it really devastated me, and I, I didn't really know how to, how to cope with it other than, you know, I would... I was drinking, and so that was my way of coping. And uh, I didn't really feel like I had a lot of support at that time and felt lost, and my sense of security had been 
taken out from under me. And um, so I, you know, I just basically coped with it by drinking, and that was my 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 lifestyle really was just getting drunk on the weekends and smoking pot or whatever. Um, and that kind of followed me, uh, all the way down here to Texas. So I moved to Texas when I was 19 with my first husband and we were pretty much, uh, codependent users. (laughs) I mean, as in, you know, we would drink and, and, just get wasted a lot every weekend. That was our thing to do. And I could never, I could never take a drink just to have a drink. You know, I had to always get drunk. It wasn't like I, I had any kind of control over that. Um, and I didn't, I guess I didn't really think it was a problem then when I was younger, you know, I just thought, well, this is what everybody does, you know, because when I was, Back in the small town, that's what everyone did, you know? I mean, yeah. I don't really know. There was, you know, some people that don't do that or that it it was bad for me or that it was going to, you know, I heard the, the stories and, you know, when they were like, uh, you know, just say no to drugs or, you know, if you start smoking pot, it's a gateway drug uh, to other hard drugs. And I never thought that was true, but it did happen for me. I mean, you know, I started drinking and then uh moved here to Texas and uh you know I had I had um well I had some relationship problems with my first husband and uh and I kind of got into an anorexic phase for a while where I I quit I quit drinking and then I started working a second job in a bar of all places as a cocktail waitress <laughs> but I wasn't drinking it was just weird but I started to like not eat as much and I lost a bunch of weight and then I got kind of hooked up with that as in, you know, obsessed about it. And, uh, eventually we split up and then I, I kept losing weight. Um, I got like really, uh, really thin. I, I ended up, well, we separated. I went to a fashion college in Dallas and even the teachers there were, telling me stories about anorexic women and how they, um, you know, die of heart attacks and all this stuff. And I was so um, distraught over everything, I guess, in my life and my failed marriage and my dad's death that I I thought, well, um, if, I, if I keep going, then maybe I'll just die, you know. I didn't really have, I didn't want to live at that point. Mm-hmm. And... Then I tried to get, um, so my mom uh, got a hold of my husband, my first husband, and she's like, Gloria needs your help. You guys need to, you know, work it out or whatever. So I went up to Michigan briefly. He came up there and got me, and then we moved back down to Texas. And as soon as we got down here, um, he, had, he had, when we had separated, he had gotten into uh, meth, methamphetamine, and he moved away to Florida to try to get away from it, you know, the geographical cure. And then when we got back together and moved back down to Texas, he started using again, and then I started using it. And it got pretty um, bad where we were, like, fighting over who would get the bigger line. And, you know, like I said, it was like, well, I just do it once a week, and then I'm doing it twice a week, and then I'm doing it three times a week, and then I'm feeling so bad I got to do it again to get my energy up. And I lost, like, a bunch of weight. I mean, and I was working a full-time job. And um, eventually my my boss did an intervention on me because they thought I was anorexic. I weighed 85 pounds. I'm 5 feet 7. Wow. And I weighed 85 pounds. And so they did an intervention on me, and they said, you know, if you don't get some help, we're not going to, you can't work anymore. And all I could think about at the time was, like, well, how am I going to get my drugs if I don't make money? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I don't I don't think they knew at the time that I was uh, using speed. I think they just thought I had an eating disorder because they, they took me to an eating disorder clinic uh, at St. David's Hospital here. I don't think they still have it there. I'm not sure. But um, so I, I, at that point, I was like, okay, I surrender. I'm going to, I'm going to take a chance and I was scared. Um, but I knew if I kept going the way I was going, I was going to die. Um, mm-hmm. there are times where I, 
I'd lay on the ground and I'd, I'd shake uncontrollably and and I was so paranoid from the drugs that I, when my, my husband was at work, I would crawl around on the floors because I was thinking that people were trying to kill me because I was such a bad person and they'd shoot me through the windows. I mean, it just... <laughs> It's just crazy, you know, the the thinking in my, my head about the paranoia from the drugs. So, anyway, I got into treatment. Um, I was in a, a – I was on a cardiac ward for a week because they, you know, they were afraid my heart was going to give out. Uh, like I said, it was 85 pounds, and um, eventually, after a week, I, I got into the program for eating disorder. I was in there for – six weeks, and then uh, my insurance, I was lucky enough to have insurance, uh, and that was running out, so they wanted me to go to a halfway house, and I, I ended up choosing a place in Pennsylvania, but in order to get there, I had to do another um, chemical dependency treatment, so I did that um, with this place called Chitat Farms, which was in uh, West Virginia, um, and then I went into the halfway house in Pennsylvania after that. So while I was in West Virginia, I did a 30-day um, chemical dependency treatment, and then I did um, a week of codependency treatment while I was there, and then I went into the halfway house. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, the halfway house was all right, but the, the they smoked in the halfway house, which I I just thought, well, I'm giving up everything, all my drugs and everything, and these people are smoking, so I had a judgment about it, and I didn't feel it was healthy. So I had a little bit of a clash with the house mother, and they put me on this contract that said I can't go anywhere by myself, and I went to the um, therapy, and I rode with a girl, and she was running late, and so I said, well, I'm just going to take the bus home. And so I took the bus home, but I got home after... She did because I stopped in the store to get a muffin <laughs> and I missed the bus and so I took the second bus. But anyway, they kicked me out because I went somewhere by myself and I guess they thought I was trying to store drugs or something. Um, and so then I um, I stayed at the Salvation Army for a couple of days and then I ended up uh, staying with a woman that I met in one of the 12-step programs. Um, and then from there, you know, I just, I went to meetings all the time. I mean, that was like my lifeline. And I had a lot of things to work through, a lot of issues to work through. I had a lot of anger. And, um, you know, I had to find a way to deal with it other than using. And so the meetings, sponsors, you know, working the steps. Uh, eventually I moved back to Austin. I had to, I had to, um, divorced my first husband because he was still using and I knew he wasn't a safe partner for me. So I chose to divorce him and uh, eventually he did get clean. Um, he went to a treatment center, but um, it was, it was a difficult decision, but I had a affirmation in, uh, in treatment that said absolutely nothing and no one stands in my way of recovering. And I would say that affirmation to me all the time, to myself all the time. And I I think they gave it to me because they could see that I was really codependent with my first husband. And I, I knew that if I went back with him, um, it just wouldn't be good, you know. So, mm -hmm. unfortunately, um, you know, that relationship didn't work out. But fortunately, uh, we both got sober. So, you know, there is a, a, a light. <laughs> Mm -hmm. through all of that darkness. Um, and then eventually I moved back to Austin and I, um, you know, I, I had to rebuild my body. They told me don't work out or exercise because, you know, I was so thin. But after a while I was like, well, if I don't work out or, or exercise my muscles, it's not healthy either. So I, I didn't really take that advice uh, on fully. I eventually started going to a gym and, Really, I went because there was a guy that I was interested in that was going. <laughs> and so I wanted to, you know, just happen to bump into him, and, and he would go to the gym. But um, So I started more on uh, getting interested in fitness and nutrition. I started working with a registered dietitian. I mean, they, 
they have that in the hospital. So I already had that in place. They gave me a meal plan and everything to follow because I didn't know how to properly feed myself. Right. And I think all of that is really important, too, in recovery because, you know, we don't usually take very good care of ourselves on a physical level when we're drinking and doing drugs. I mean, I wouldn't eat, you know, I wasn't nourishing my body. Your elect, uh, your uh, neurotransmitters get all out of whack when you're using drugs. You know, the meth um, spikes your dopamine levels. I think, like, I'm not sure this is accurate, but, like, 200 and some odd times what it normally is. Or, I mean, it's just ama- amazingly high how the dopamine gets jacked up when you're using, and then, you know, you have the crash. And so my, you know, I had, um, I... I ran into or I went to a lecture that this woman was giving at People's Pharmacy here on um, hormone balance and um, neurotransmitters, and I started working with her to test my neurotransmitters and get that in alignment. So I use amino acids, which is, you know, just like vitamins. It's not a drug. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all those things kind of helped me. get back to health, you know, besides therapy and steps and meditating, praying and, you know, sponsors and and a support system, you know, all of those things are really important. Um, So that's kind of, that's kind of the story. (laughs) Right. Thank you for telling it. And yeah, and so, you know, in that True, for sure, talking about that holistic approach that, you know, you really, you're right, you have to address mind, body, and spirit, you know, because we are, we're one, I mean, we're, all of that's part of us, and, and like, you really, really learning and learn to, to take care of yourself, so you've told us about yoga and how that kind of fit in there, so what about the Y12SR yoga, when you started, uh, when did you start that, and why did you get involved with it, and how did you become a yoga instructor in Y12SR? Yeah, so Y12SR is a, um, a system that was developed by Nikki Myers, and I want to give her a lot of credit because she developed this whole thing, and she's really great. I know you had her on your show um, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, but Nikki's yes. amazing. Um, and she started it in 2003, so I... Um, you know, I've been going along kind of not really, I don't really feel like I was giving back that much. I mean, I was teaching yoga, so I felt like I was giving back in that way, but not specifically um, to people that were dealing with addiction. I mean, I don't know who comes to my yoga classes, the general classes I teach, so it could be people that are in recovery. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had, I think I read about her in the yoga journal, and then I was, like, interested, and I'm like, I think I'm going to, I'm going to study with her and learn what this is all about. So a couple of years ago, I went and did her training. Well, no, she came here to Austin and did the foundation training. And then um, about maybe the next year, I think, I went out to uh, Boulder and where she did the leadership training. And so I did that. It was just a weekend um, workshop. Um, and it was great. You know, it's all... I think mostly people that are in recovery or, you know, are affected by some addiction in some way, you know, could be a family member or, um, or you know, just someone they care about. But it, it was really good. And what it does is it combines uh, the 12-step uh, meeting with a yoga class, basically. So some people set it up where you do the meeting first, which is what I do. It's a, a meeting up first where people share. And then we have, um, you know, we take a breath with everyone after they share so that you can ground yourself again in the moment and get centered and, you know, um, just take in what people have said. Um, so we do the meeting first, and then uh, the second half is uh, yoga practice. And it can be based on a theme, like you could do a theme for the, for the meeting and the yoga practice. Or you can, you know, see what comes up in the meeting that, you know, people are working with or dealing with, and, and then you can do a practice based on on that. So um, so what would be yeah. an example of, of how that would work? Like what would be a theme, and then do you do certain yoga um, poses that would go along with that theme, or how would that work? Well, uh, so, for instance, if you did a... a 
a theme of uh, ahimsa or nonviolence, which is one of the yamas in yoga. So ahimsa and, um, you know, treating yourself with loving kindness. So I, I would use more like quotes. I would use quotes to, that talk about that subject. Um, I would tell people when they're when they're in a posture, and it doesn't have to be a specific posture. Um, but most of the um, most of the postures are pretty um, like basic. Like we're not doing like handstands and arm balances and stuff like that. You know, I mean, we're doing pretty grounding because we want to be grounded. You know, in our addiction, we're we're not very grounded and in, in our body temple. So we want to take you know postures that. Maybe they're actually closer to the mat, or we're standing strong in our in our uh, foundation, you know, building up from the soles of your feet and coming up from there. Um, but I would, you know, I would use that theme uh, and weave in sayings or quotes to get people to, you know, notice in their mind, like, well. When when I'm doing this posture and I'm falling out of it, do I have a judgmental mind or can I treat myself with loving kindness and say, you know, it's okay. It's okay if I fall. If you fall, you just get up again. You know, I mean, it's just like when you know when we're when we're battling uh, addiction. If we, you know, even if you slip, you just you start over again. You know, um, Tommy Rosen. I don't know if you know him, but he has this online recovery 2.0 that's really great and uh he has this saying which i think he got from his um teacher guru prem but he says um we're all beginners to our next step and i just love that because you know we can always be a beginner we're always on a journey you know some of us are maybe just maybe we're just beginning doing yoga and some of us have practiced for many years, but we're still all on our own journey. You know, we're all beginners to our next step, and I just love that. Right. So, so it sounds that, almost, yeah, like the process of doing the yogas maybe teaches you something about the process of recovery. Is that? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, you can, you know, you can um, you can weave in uh, some of the concepts of yoga into, like, referring it to the 12 steps, like surrender to God. So in yoga, it's uh, Ishvara Pranidhana, which means, you know, surrender to God. And in the 12 steps, well, you've got the, the third step, turn my will and my life over to the care of God, as I understand him or her, or, you know, however you want to phrase it. Some people aren't comfortable with the word God, so you have to, you know, you phrase it the way it makes people, the general public, I guess, comfortable so they you know they can can be there and not get turned off by a word you know <laughs> sure I mean, it's yeah kind of, you know but um yeah so that's kind of how it is i also like to use like affirmations so if you know, like for instance if we're doing ahimsa or nonviolence, then maybe um you know i'll do an affirmation of, you know, I treat myself with loving kindness. Um, you know, I treat others with loving kindness or um, I am loving, kind, and gentle with myself. You know, things like that to reinforce uh, that concept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can anybody attend a Y12 SR group or do you have to be in recovery or do you have to be a, a yoga student or who can come? Well, I would say anybody can come, you know. I mean, it, it's geared toward people in recovery or if you are, you know, a friend or loved one of someone in recovery. Um, but certainly any, anyone can come because it's just it's just coming together as a community and sharing with one another. And, you know, if you're going through something and, you know, it's always, I feel... Personally, it's always easier to carry a burden if you can share it with someone and it lessens the load, you know. So I feel for myself that it, it can be open to anyone. Um, there's no, like, you know, Y12 is our police that can check your right, yeah. ID when you walk in the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, if because uh, people... 
listen to Spirit of Recovery from all around the United States and, and some around the world. So yeah. if somebody wanted to find a Y12 SR group, how would they go about it or, or to start one, I guess, if they're in yeah. one? How, does that, how do they find out? Well, you go to uh, www.y12sr.com, and that's uh, Nikki's website. And on there, it has um, you can look up uh, the meetings. They're international now. I believe she has them uh, in other countries. Uh, I don't have the list in front of me of where else they are, but I know they're international. Um, so you can look up where there are meetings. You can look up all the leaders. So it has a leaders list, and then it has all her her leadership trainings and other things she's doing. Now she's, I believe, she's doing like a codependency, um, either a like workshops or um, I'm not sure if she's incorporating that into her training yet or not. But you can get all that information on her website. Um, and, you know, she holds the trainings in different places around the United States, probably in other countries now, too, because it's getting to be pretty worldwide. Um, so the movement is growing, and um, uh, she's, um, yeah, so it's, it's, um, it's, that's probably the best way to learn about it um, is to get on that website. Um, and that's just Y12SR, is that it? Dot yeah, Y12SR.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's great. And, um, yeah, to, if people want to take advantage of this, they sounds like they can find the resources pretty yeah. well. Yeah. Part of, you know, part of also about Y12SR is that, you know, her, her slogan, I guess, is the issues live in your tissue. So, when we get down on the mat and we're using breath and movement, it helps to unlock all, you know, when you're traumatized, you know, sometimes all that gets stuck in your body. There's there's um, some great work by um, Peter Levine that studied animals and uh, how they react to stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, where he witnessed, I think it was an opossum or something, and it's, there's a coyote or something gonna gonna get it, you know, and it plays dead. And then mm-hmm. as soon as the danger is over, it'll it'll come out and it'll shake it out, you know, like it'll shake out the stress. Well, a lot of times we don't, you know, we don't <laughs> shake it out. We leave it all in there, and it's got to go. It's got to go somewhere. It gets trapped in there. So the issues live in our tissues. Is um, you know, in in yoga practice and breath practice, breath and movement, it helps to you know, um, I like to say, uh, shift the energy, you know, mm-hmm. um, cause you know, like if you're stressed out, you hold tension in your shoulders and they start to inch up toward your ears. And then if you massage them or if you do some movement where you can let that tension go, you feel a lot better. So I, it's just, I feel it's like so effective and that's why I wanted to be a part of it and, and teach it and offer it to other people. Right. Well, Gloria, our time is up, but I want to thank you, first of all, truly for your recovery and for the dedication you have to, to really deep recovery and for dealing with with uh, life in a holistic manner and also for your uh, work that you do with other people and how much you share that, what you're just talking about, how you are really a wonderful teacher and facilitator, opening up a lot of space for people to heal at depth and, and to be present in their lives instead of hiding out somewhere in their yeah. stress. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, thanks. Well- I thank you for uh, inviting me and uh, giving me the opportunity to be of service and, and for all your support as well. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for being my guest. Okay. And I, and I want to thank all the listeners for joining us today. Thank you so much for being here and many blessings to you in your life, in your recovery path, if you're on that path, and in your spiritual growth. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time 
for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.